0: The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. One day, when I got on an airplane, much to my surprise, my seatmate pulled out a salad. Now, you know this. You've been on airplanes. Most anybody would carry aboard some little sweet or goody to eat instead of a salad. I couldn't contain my amazement and I complimented her on her healthy choice. Don't you agree that too many people don't give a fig about what they eat? And here was a woman right next to me in the airplane who obviously cared about not not only how she looked, but about her health in general. As she ate that salad, you can imagine how I ranted and raved about how she impressed me and how great it would be if this country would would have more people, you know, following her example. Well, as you can believe, she ate every last green leaf of that salad. And then she washed it down with two little bottles of gin. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here Reminding you to pull your bass a
1: little closer to the fire That's it <laughs> Now you're talking to, Hey, uh, Watch out for those snapping sparks Everybody cozy
0: Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer You've worked hard all day You deserve to relax now So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Henderson. We're going to be playing a lot of Fletcher Henderson here. Thank you for listening. Only my friend Richard Sassaman would call my attention to a website called, listen to this website, Vampires, Witches, and Pagans Against Impaired Drive-In. It says that though the coven is open in the underworld lounge, We're taking a very proactive stand and commitment to stop those who drive under the influence of drugs and or alcohol. The Coven, or is it Coleman? The COVEN has a sister Yahoo group called Vamps, Witches, and Pagans Against DWI. (laughs) Wow, can you imagine a lounge in New Jersey run by vampires? Can't you see the sign out? For the road out front, stop in for a bite. out there, Paul Desmond, Ron Carter, of course, wow, wow, what a good, (laughs) excuse me, what a good sound he gets on that, uh, on that bass, huh? I am putting off making a television program today, I've got to tell you, I don't feel like doing much of anything, and I'm wondering if this is the price I'm paying for being uh, pain-free, no discomfort in my knees or back, but because perhaps because of my pain medication, which provided me with this relief, I'm I'm ready to go back to bed right now. I can go to sleep right now. Now, I should mention that this is the sixth day I've been off hard drugs. I could immediately become a viable human being again if I would weaken and lift a cup of that steaming nectar to my parched lips. Can you get through the day without hard drugs? Steve, who was here for two days visiting... He was visiting. He says that when when he and his wife go anywhere, before they go to bed at night, his beautiful young trophy wife has to ensure that a cup of good old drug drink will be at hand the minute she springs from the sack. Yes, I can live without those hard drugs. Of course, I can't do anything while I'm in withdrawal, but nobody can accuse me of being addicted. Henderson down south camp meeting. That's a very, very popular, very familiar old song. Hey, you're listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. I am The Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And here are some things I wrote in my diary in 1957 when I hitchhiked to California, left home with $5 in my pocket. And this tells about a day I spent with a friend of mine in Houston. This is 1957, written by a 21-year-old boy. March 19th, I got up at 1.50, went with Nick, that was Marco's brother, my friend's brother, went with Nick on his pastry route went in around 35 cafes, bought four postcards to send home. Nick explained a lot to me about oil wells. Saw a lot of them. Saw a lot of guys with cowboy boots and hats. Judy, and that was Nick's young daughter, Judy thinks I'm a square because I don't like Elvis. This is 1957. Donald Mackinnon, He's another boy from home. Donald McEnany came over and I left with him to spend the night. Cash on hand, $4.61. Well, probably because I had a surfeit of money. The next day, got in my diary, I decided to continue on to a, another to a cousin in California, not knowing that I would be starved out because he kept absolutely nothing to eat in his house, if you can believe that, but it's true, and that a Mexican with whom I could not communicate would run out of gas and strand us in the middle of a sandstorm in Death Valley, you might wonder, will I ever be seen again? Stay tuned. Make me Oscar, of course. I was listening very closely, as I'm sure you were, to Niels Hennin Osted Peterson there in the background, wondering if he was going to slip up and miss one or two changes. I, I didn't notice that he did. I think he made all the changes there, don't you? There were eight in our breakfast table one morning, and the topic came to high school. Gail said that there were 300 so in her class. Steve said there were 250 or so in his class, and so down the line, we went around the table, 200, 300 more in each high school class, came to me, I said, there were 18 in my class, and Steve said, did you know all of them? Henderson here on the humble Farmer. I went to my fraternity party, a reunion. I went to the... it It was a reunion of my fraternity. It was an outdoor picnic type of party type of thing. And I hadn't attended 10 years. I couldn't believe it had been 10 years since I was there. I wanted to catch up with some old friends and meet some youngsters I'd never seen before. Well, I drove 28 miles, and when I got in the yard... Two or three of my young fraternity brothers, I don't know who they were, never seen him before, two or three of them were smoking there at the entrance to the driveway. I just didn't say nothing, I just simply turned round, came home. Because you know this very well, if I had stayed, it wouldn't have been long before someone would have been crouched over the prostate body of an 80-year-old man on the ground, you know, trying to resuscitate him. An aged collapsed person gasping for breath on the ground can take some of the fun out of most any gathering, so I turned around and came home, you know, because I didn't want to spoil a good time for others. Surprised me, though, because I didn't realize that many young college-educated people smoked anymore. Can you believe that in this year and age there are still people who smoke even outdoors when there are other people around? As I said, it was the younger guys who were smoking. All, all my contemporaries who smoked, of course, were dead a long time ago. And because I was very close to some of them, well, I actually stood by the grave and when everybody had gone home, helped the fellows running the show, put a couple of symbolic shovels of dirt on the casket myself. I don't know why I've had to do that. I don't know if you've buried many friends who smoked themselves to death, but over a period of years smoke of any kind wood smoke cigarette smoke smoke from burning rubber tyres all i suppose i suppose you know that smoke is pretty bad stuff I guess it's okay with me. You know I like to keep you a beam of what's going on. You probably said, well, what was Humble doing there? Well, I'm going to tell you. You know I was. So I said, I like to keep you a beam of what's going on. You know, you know, I broadcast from my solar radiant heated cellar here in St. George, Maine. And I just looked up to see that it was pouring like wicked outside. So I had to rush around, shut all the windows in the house to keep keep the rain from washing me away, and with that out of the way, are you amused by things that amuse other people? You know that when I was 47 years old, I started a career as a professional humorous after-dinner speaker. My stories were very often open-ended, so you laughed at the punchline that you came up with all by yourself. So my humor was not the humor of a modern-day comedian who uses foul language and hits you over the head with a punchline. The web page for our bed and breakfast is the same. Instead of a quaint, nicely decorated bedroom, you see a picture of my wife, Masha, the almost perfect woman, on her hands and knees scrubbing the kitchen floor. That's our advertising photo. Now, I recently signed up for Airbnb and 33 people looked at it before one even condescended to write to me. I don't know why, the picture on the Airbnb page shows me wearing a welder's helmet as I light the candles on my 80th birthday cake with a blowtorch. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's funny. But my Facebook friends who are intimately familiar with every sordid detail of my life, they said, I must post pictures of the bedrooms. So I finally gave in. I put up two pictures of two bedrooms taken by a professional photographer friend who just happened by. And because he has a magic camera, hey, the rooms look twice as large as they really are, And color has been restored to our faded walls and drapes. Now, this indicates to me, does it not indicate to you, that even honest people will stoop to deception when it comes to the bottom line? I'm hoping that the feelings of guilt will go away with time and sizable deposits in my checking account from Airbnb.
1: (laughs)
0: Again, do doo 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 boom! Bletcher Henderson here, on the humble farmer. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Rate right here on your favorite radio station. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I am the humble farmer, at gmail.com. Love to hear from ya. While wandering around in the Detroit airport one day, I noticed in one display case by a counter purporting to dispense nutrients, 18, are you listen to this, 18 trays of pastries, buns, and cookies, two trays of salads, and one tray of sandwiches. <laughs> yes. In that case, there were 18 trays of goodies and two trays of salads. The people who manage that counter do not display things that they think you should eat They display things that they know you will buy to make them money. Eighteen trays of goodies and two trays of salads. America has spoken. because you would never guess who that was, I'm going to tell you, Tommy Flanagan. We don't hear enough of Tommy Flanagan. If you haven't traveled lately, you are lucky. Travel is tougher in this country today than it has been since I first sat foot on an airplane. Count your blessings. If you can sit by your fire and never venture forth, because... Riding on an airplane is a first-class pain. If you have to travel and can avoid planes by driving in your car, I strongly suggest that you do so. Listen to this. I was in an airport in Detroit, and the hour I spent there was pure, unmitigated agony, because... No matter where you sit or stand in American airports today, there is a television set, and you cannot get away from the news. sleep in there. I was thinking about what I was going to tell you. I'm going to play a song for you. Just about got time enough for it. It's uh, Nowadays they have that rap stuff. I don't make you see that the words make any sense. I'm going to play you a song that the words make sense. Are you ready for a song? Here's one from 1945. This is what they used to sing when I was a little kid. You might know my machine slipped around. Well, I'm going to let that go. Forget about it. I've been reading a lot about a 78-year-old millionaire lawyer in the news lately, and I don't like it. Anyone who has studied the English language for years knows that 78-year-old millionaire lawyer is redundant. And now what do I do? Got nothing queued up here. Let's put this one here. Let's see. Let's see what this one here does. It started already. This is. This is not a good day. Anyway, thank you for listening. Huh? With any luck, I'll be back next time.